0: greetings everyone and welcome back to 32 manias of mike oh guys guys this wrestlemania starts with a three we're almost done wrestlemania is almost here ah guys we're on wrestlemania 30 wrestlemania triple x for you dirty birds out there there's nothing perverted about this one. Not at all. It's WrestleMania 30. We're in New Orleans. As far as I know, no one showed their boobs for some beads. So let's get to it as we do. um, This is the first pay-per-view on the WWE Network. This is important. um, and I got to tell you, this mania cooks like... Didn't feel like it when I saw it the first time, probably because there are issues with the network and everyone was nervous about a whole bunch of different things. But watching it again, this mania cooks pretty quick. And that's probably because if you just watch the pay-per-view itself, there's only seven matches. There are only seven matches on this show. There's a bit in the beginning that takes up time for another match, but we'll get to that. Uh, First things first, we got to talk about the pre-show because, guess what? We're actually all able to see this match on WWE Network. It's the pre-show. We, we are at... It's, it's insane that we've finally gotten to this point where we don't have to like go to YouTube for, for a dark match or watch Sunday Night Heat or go on the WWE app second screen experience. It's all in one continuous motion. And it's a fatal four-way elimination match for the Tag Team Championships. Uh, We had the Usos, who were the champions going in, going up against the real Americans, Cesaro and Jack Swagger with Zeb Coulter, uh, Ryback and Curtis Axel, and Los Matadores, Diego and Fernando. I wonder where those guys have been. Probably Puerto Rico or something. Some kind of timeshare thing. Anyway, um... But as for always, I haven't watched the pre-show matches because that's, that just gets a little ridiculous, and some of them are hard to find or unable to find and all that stuff. But um, I do remember it being a fun match. I do remember, um, I believe Naomi was ringside for the Usos. Naomi and, uh, I don't think Cameron was, but Naomi was, I believe. And uh, yeah, the Usos retained, which I remember feeling at the time was a little awkward, especially because who doesn't love Cesaro and Jack Swagger? I mean, come on. Come on, guys. We the people, come on. It's great. All right, so anyway, let's move on to the show proper. Um, Before we get to the first match, we have a host for this year's WrestleMania. Naturally, because it's WrestleMania 30, it's a big deal. The host is the immortal Hulk Hogan. Now, uh, this WrestleMania is a little bit infamous for something. Uh, Hulk Hogan comes out, you know, he's like... What you gonna do, brothers? Um, he, he he pulls out the whole thing, and then Hulk Hogan gets a little senile and calls the Superdome the Silverdome because he thinks he's back in Pontiac, Michigan, 27 years earlier, and he's about to slay Andre the Giant. Or he misspoke. One or the other. But uh, it actually turns into a fun-running gag. Because he doesn't realize it at first, the crowd gets pissed off. The crowd starts chanting Superdome. Hogan finally realizes it. By the time he does, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out to rescue the segment, and Austin says Silverdome just to fuck with Hogan. And then The Rock comes out later, and then The Rock says Silverdome. It's it's pretty great actually. It, it was it was a fun segment. You know nothing nothing too wrong with it. It's it's light. It's long. Probably didn't need it to be this long. I remember even thinking that when I saw this mania the first time. Doesn't need to be this long. You could have chopped 10 minutes off this segment, accomplished the same amount of thing, and given a little bit more to, oh, I don't know, a six-man tag team match we have coming up or a giant uh, invitational match we have coming up. But that's just me. All right, so let's move on to the first match of the evening with the winner. Being entered into the triple threat match for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship that night. Triple H versus... Guess who? Guess who? It's Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, y'all! And uh, this is a great match. (laughs) This is really good. Uh, Brian's already injured. He's he's rocking. He's he would make DDP proud with the amount of bandages he has on him for this evening. He's got his his shoulder all wrapped up because Evolution's been working him over. The Authority, excuse me, the Authority has been working him over. I call him Evolution still. Why not? But um, yeah. This is this is a really fun match. Stephanie's out there with Triple H. Um, I believe this is the WrestleMania where we get Triple H's Skull Mountain entrance that has uh, baby Sasha Banks, baby Charlotte Flair, and baby Alexa Bliss uh, taking off his gear, which is just fun. Like, because I think we, uh, me and my buddies, we recognized that they had to be wrestlers. Like, I I don't think we knew who they were at the time. I think we might have known Charlotte because none of them had debuted in NXT at that point or at that. I don't believe so anyway. I think Charlotte had. Yeah, Charlotte had debuted in NXT at that point, but I don't think Sasha or Alexa Bliss had at that point. But yeah, uh, kind of cool to see that, especially seeing it back. And I'm going to reference this a bunch of times. If you guys haven't um, seen the WWE 24 on this pay-per-view, oh, you have to watch it. Have to watch it. It's really, really good. Um All the WWE 24s are fantastic. I'm going to say this again for WrestleMania 31 and WrestleMania 32. They're just really, really cool insights into everything that goes on with WrestleMania. Uh, But yeah, so Daniel Bryan, Triple H. You guys know what happens in this match. It's awesome. Daniel Bryan defeats Triple H with a huge running knee that I don't think they ever named at one point in Daniel Bryan's big run. They called it the knee that beat John Cena, or at least that's what the internet called it. But... uh, It was never given a name. Like, Running Knee. That's a horrible name. Like, I don't know. But yeah, Daniel Bryan beat Triple H. And uh, he was getting thrown into the match with Orton and Batista later tonight. But we've got a ways to go before we get there. So, next match is The Shield versus The New Age Outlaws and Kane. Oh, boy, is this a short match. Uh, The Shield just destroys them. Just destroys them. Um, I think... This is one of the Shield's last pay-per-view matches to go. It's definitely their last WrestleMania match together, so you know, pour 40 out for the Shield for WrestleMania appearances. Pretty sure they'll have a, a significant influence next year, though. I'm just I'm, I'm hazarding a guess. But yeah, uh, New Age Outlaws and Kane, they don't really stand much of a chance. It's kind of fun, though, to see um, Kane come completely full circle with joining kind of back with DX. A little bit. Like, if you look, WrestleMania 15, I think, was when Kane and Xbox were together. It's kind of fun to see that little cycle. Because I'm pretty sure Kane's been involved with just about everyone involved in DX at WrestleMania except for Shawn Michaels. But yeah, it's kind of cool to see that. Anyway, um, the next match is the inaugural Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and this one has 31 people in it. So you know me, I'm going to list everyone in the match because that's fun. So here we go. It's a 31-man battle royal, so it's already more than a royal Rumble, which is ridiculous. But we got your Yoshitatus, ya Brad Maddox, hmm. your Brodus Clay, a Great Khali. Zack Ryder, Darren Young, Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal, Heath Slater, Mark Henry, Titus O'Neil, The Miz, Santino Murrell, Damian Sanda, Justin Gabriel, David Otunga, Biggie, Vandanga, R-Truth, Tyson Kidd, Goldust, Cody Rhodes, Rey Mysterio, Kofi Kingston, Dolph Ziggler, Abel DeReal, Sheamus, Big Show, Sin Cara, Xavier Woods, and of course your winner, the Swiss Superman by body-slamming Big Show out of the ring. Boom, 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 boom. Cesaro. Wow. Uh it I mean it's it's a battle royal for the most part, but when it gets down to a nitty gritty it does get a little fun. So I'd highly recommend watching it. And it's long for a battle royal too. There are some good spots in there. Um Yeah, there, there's some good stuff. It's kind of cool to see the new day in there before they're the new day, because all three members are in there and you you gotta feel for fun, Donago. <laughs> This time the previous year he's got a he's got a, a a highlighted match with Chris Jericho where he wins. And I mean you have to feel for Dolph Ziggler. A year before this. Do you know what Dolph Ziggler was doing? He was cashing in money in the bank to be the world champion. Uh it's kind of disappointing, but you know, we're back to only one championship. So a lot of these guys are going to get thrown under the bus a little bit. So, you know, Shit happens. uh. But the next match is... I don't think I like this match when it occurred. But I'm watching it again. This is a great match. It's John Cena and Bray Wyatt. Now, we can say all we want about Bray Wyatt. And how WWE has mistreated him and everything like that. But, you know, I'm thinking about it. Because if you look at Bray Wyatt's trajectory... Just by WrestleManias. Literally, that's all you look at. He starts with John Cena. Next year, it's The Undertaker. The year after that, he's injured but has a segment with The Rock. And the year after that, he's the world champion going up against Randy Orton. That's not bad. That's not bad at all, you guys. like, granted, the stuff in between, no bueno. For the most part, it's not good. But if you look at Mania as a benchmark, Bray Wyatt, he's doing all right. He's doing all right. It doesn't matter if he wins. These are the guys Cena, Taker, Rock, Orton, heavy hitters. Heavy, heavy hitters. Like, it, I don't, like, Bray Wyatt is never going to be in the Andrea Giant Memorial Battle Royal. He ain't. He's not that guy. He's, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. I mean, granted, Bray Wyatt loses. As you would expect, he's going up against. So, obviously, he's going to lose to Mr. Brapadoo. But there are some really cool story points in this match. There are some really cool ones, and if you ignore all the shit that happened afterwards and all the shit that happened before, they tell a really fun story, and I highly recommend watching this match again. Okay, and, uh, well, now, now we get to one that's, uh, a little, a little remembering, a little, um, a little controversial. So, um, The Undertaker going for 22-0 against Brock Lesnar. Quick, guess who wins? Are Are you guessing? Are you get? Hey, wait, you've heard of this match? You don't have to guess? I I can stop doing the pointy finger things? Yeah. Um the one in twenty one and one, which really there's there's two ones in there. So the one in the lost column in twenty one and one. <sighs> Fuck. Brock Lesnar beats the Undertaker. I don't know if I have to say any more than that. Brock Lesnar beats the Undertaker. I mean, it, historic. Uh, no one's really recovered from this since. Since it happened. I'm pretty sure that one guy's eyes are still bugging out. Um, but yeah, it, it was a really fun match. It, it There's a lot of kickouts of finishers, as you would expect with both of these guys. But I, I have to say, and I think the best part of this match are the pauses after the win. Now, normally, if if you watch a WrestleMania match or big title match or anything like that, as soon as the one, two, three, or the tap-outs record, the winner's entrance music plays. You hear the bell. You hear, here is your winner, like, immediately. That's how wrestling works. It's so people who are in the Bob Euchre seats know the match is ended. If they can't see a screen or whatnot. But this, it's so good because after Lesnar gets the three count, there's not even a bell for a little bit. Like, they're holding it like even the timekeeper is shocked. It's really, really powerful. Like, I've given some shit to the, to the matches between... Taker and Triple H, and the second match with Taker and Shawn, stuff like that. I've given some shit to those because all those guys came back afterwards. And great, Taker comes back after this, but this is different. This is different. This is the end of the streak. This is an actual end of an era, unlike that bullshit Triple H, Undertaker thing. They gave this breath. They gave it depth. They gave it... They just... Gave it pathos. And I know that's a really horrible word to use, but they gave it pathos. Like, you watch Brock's reaction, and Brock is laughing like fuck all y'all. Paul Heyman's freaking out. Paul Heyman sells the shit out of this. And then, like, a- after they're celebrating, then you hear the winner of the match, Brock Lesnar. Like, with no fanfare at all. Like even the announcer is depressed to say it. There's no commentary. There's no commentary because the commentators are shocked. And then you you just get reaction shots from the crowd. So many reaction shots. It's like juicy like reaction shots. It's the best thing. And then you hear Brock's music play, and that's when everyone's like, oh my god, that really happened. Like, it's almost like everyone is in a time loop until Brock's music starts and it sinks in. Like, wow, that occurred. That really happened. And pff, it, it's great. And and not to mention the love they show Taker because they don't pull away from Taker at all. They don't pull away from him in the least. They wait for him to get up completely and just start walking, like, and it takes a good amount of time. It really, and he's, still, you know, he, Taker's old. Taker's old, and he just got beat the shit because Brock Lesnar does not pull punches. Ask anyone. Ask Randy Orton. Um, but yeah, it's really, uh. It, it's just, it's you gotta watch this, even if you don't want to watch the match. I'm serious. If you don't want to watch the match, I don't blame you. It's a long match. It's 25 minutes. It's the longest match. Of, second longest match of the night. Excuse me. It's a long match, but watch the end. Watch the end and just just take that in. Just It's so, so good. All right. Uh, but I think we all need to decompress from that. I know I certainly did. I actually had to take a break after I watched that match before I could continue. Let's talk about the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame this year. Uh, the headliner, of course, is the ultimate warrior. Uh, gave a really empowered speech. Was inducted by Linda McMahon. Uh, came out on Raw the next night. And then, unfortunately, passed away the, the night after Raw. After WrestleMania. And it was deeply upsetting. Um, I, I remember us podcasting about this personally. And I said something like, I didn't think the Warrior needed to come out. You know, I was never a Warrior fan. No offense, still wasn't. But I felt horrible because I, right after we podcasted, I went to a local pub and I found out the Warrior died. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I just said some, you know, not nice stuff about the Warrior. And, you know, it's, it's rough. But his Hall of Fame speech was amazing. His Hall of Fame speech was really, really good. Uh, probably the best Warrior promo I've ever heard. But um, also getting inducted, we had Jake the Snake Roberts, one of my favorites of all time, inducted by DDP. You had Lita, inducted by Trish Stratus, as as you would expect. Paul Bearer, uh, inducted posthumously and inducted by Kane. You had Carlos Colon. I remember you, you should watch this one, too, because I remember Carlito being really, really measured into the words that he had to say. It was kind of funny. But um, also Razor Ramon inducted this year. Because, I mean, who doesn't love the bad guy? And he was abducted by Kevin Nash, of course. And, uh, everyone, call your mom, tell her you love her, because Mr. T told everyone to love their mama. It's true. If you don't remember Mr. T's uh, acceptance speech, it was a lot of talk about his mother. A lot of talk. And it was amazing. It was a little too long, but it was amazing. Alright, so... Back to the action. We have the Vicky Guerrero Invitational Match for the Divas Championship. This... Alright. If you've watched Total Divas, which I highly recommend you do for this moment, there is an episode on Total Divas about WrestleMania 30. uh, Because all Divas were worried that they weren't going to get their match in because WrestleMania 29 is infamously known for when... um, a huge intergender match got short, or a mixed tag got short, got cut short. And they're worried about it happening this year. But then you see some of the Divas watching the Brock Lesnar-Undertaker match from the back. And they get to react to Taker losing. Because they know they're up next. And there's half oh my god, The Undertaker just lost at WrestleMania for the first time in over two decades. And it's part... How the fuck do we follow that? It's amazing. It's probably the best episode of Total Divas ever. I know that's a low bar, but it's really, really great television. Like It's spectacular television because you know they did not know that was going to happen. I'm sure they didn't. There's no way any of them are that good of an actress that they could pretend like they knew Taker was going to lose. So, watch this episode of Total Divas, then watch this match, because you know what? Fuck the haters, I love this match. I. It could have been better served with more time, but it was AJ Lee defending her belt against Oksana. Alicia Fox! Brie Bella, Cameron, Emma, and this is do 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 Emma, not evil Emma, not Emmalina, just Emma. Uh, Eve Marie, Layla, Naomi, Nat, Natty, Nikki Bella, Rosa Mendez, who looks weird as a Marilyn Monroe type blonde. Uh, Summer Rae and Tamina, who was AJ's bu- AJ's muscle basically. It's a fun match. It really is. They they're really trying. Like I think this was really when they're like, hey. We have about seven minutes. Let's kick as much ass as possible. And the finish is actually very creative because AJ is up against the wall. Vicky made this match specifically so AJ would lose her belt. And AJ um, traps Naomi in the spider's web, I believe. I I forget what she actually called it. Excuse me. But Naomi doesn't tap. So the camera swings around and you actually catch AJ moving Naomi's hand to tap out, and then she lets go as soon as the referee, you know, calls for the bell. It's a very creative finish. It's something you don't see. It's really fun. I I know there are a lot of people who didn't like this match. I know there are a lot of people who probably went to the bathroom during this match or got some nachos or just cried because the Undertaker lost. My suggestion, watch this match again. I think you might be pleasantly surprised. There's there's a blossoming of something that's going to be starting here. and this is where this is where it really starts, I think. All right, um but moving on, we have the triple threat match for the WWE championship. Daniel Bryan, Batista, Randy Orton. Oh, you guys. You know what happens in this match, don't you? Oh, it's really fun, you guys. It's a really fun match. Um, there's a lot of Batista and Randy Orton teaming on Daniel Bryan. Uh, Daniel Bryan gets sent out to the uh, to the um, like to the like he get he takes a Batista bomb RKO combo through the announce table. Yeah, it looks as sick as it sounds. Um, and the EMTs come out to wheel Daniel Bryan away, but no, no, Daniel Bryan gets up. Daniel Bryan comes back. He fights off an RKO. He fights off a spear. And Orton RKO's Batista. Batista hits, gets hit with a running knee. Oh, no. The yes lock. And then... Yes. 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 Batista taps out. Batista taps out. You probably can't hear this, but I'm definitely tapping them together so you can sound like a tap out. But, guys... Randy Orton and Batista are defeated by Daniel Bryan. He becomes the world heavyweight champion. And it's yes And he's holding both belts. He's lifting up. He's doing the Yes movement. And uh, this wasn't on the broadcast. But right after they cut off, Daniel Bryan goes up to Connor the Crusher, the little kid who they had shown um, who had cancer. And he tells Connor, your strength helped me win. And they showed down the 24. And I'm rolling tears thinking about it. It's the most moving thing you've ever seen in pro wrestling. Sorry, it is. Unless you don't like kids. But it's amazing. Like, it's such a good, damn story. You know, I forgot how good this mania was. Not going to lie. Because with this mania, you think of two things. You think of Brock and Undertaker. You think of Daniel Bryan. There's some other really good stuff on here. There's really good stuff all over this WrestleMania. Um, uh, it, it's it's really good. It's really good. I don't remember WrestleMania 31 and 32 being this good. Uh, we'll find out. I'm going to be watching those next. But uh, yeah, so if you have comments or questions or anything, uh, hit me up at MadMike 4883 on the Twitter machine. Leave some comments in the YouTube feed here. Hit me up on Facebook, on uh, the Wrestling Mayhem Show Facebook page. Hit me up on Twitter at Mayhem Show. Use the hashtag MM. Uh, just let me know what you guys think. If you're if you're watching these along with me, God bless you. Because when I finish this, I'm gonna do a tally of everything I've watched because I like to math things out, as you guys know from the Wrestling Mayhem show. And oh man, it's gonna be real interesting. But um, yeah, so format Mike. I'm Mad Mike, and this has been 32 Manias with Mike.